Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in for another one of our programs. Happy to be here with my assistant, my good friend, David Abood. Hey, John. Great to be here with you, another, as always. Another day. And, another day. Uh, another, another good radio show. We're so happy yeah. with this radio station, uh, WNZN, uh, or you know, or 89.1 FM, if you want to just uh, go to your uh, laptop, your phone. Uh, we listen on Alexa on Saturday mornings. Uh, if there's any problem with uh, reception... Uh, again, just go to one of your portable devices. Like I said, we use Alexa and just put 89.1 FM. So uh, lately, David, as we come to the close of this year, uh, we had a very interesting program last week where we mm. just did question of answers. We're yeah. kind of quick, you know, some yeah. uh, Q&A questions yep. where people say, well, what about this? And how about mm-hmm. the Trinity? And is Jesus the only way? And, uh, you know, all these kind of issues or questions. But uh, the one I wanted to expand on today is the one we just touched on last week, was what we consider, uh, what was the most important question ever asked on this planet? What is the singular most important question ever asked on this planet? And what's very important is the answer to that. And of course, it's when Jesus turns uh, to his apostles and says, who do, you, who do men mm-hmm. say that I am? And they said, well, you're, you're, you're Elijah, you're a prophet, you're this, that. But then he says, but who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter will say, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus will respond and say, uh, Simon Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. In other words, it's a spiritual insight because of everything they heard and saw mm-hmm. Jesus do and how he fulfilled prophecy. He was God come in the flesh. And that is the big issue today. Yeah, Who is Jesus Christ? And as we're going to see, many groups, many religions uh, claim Jesus to some capacity because the, the thing about us is, David, is that Jesus dominates dominates human history. You know, he mm-hmm. splits time in half. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of make uh, some kind of sense out of him or, you know, well, who is this man? Right. And so what we're going to look at biblically, historically, uh, what is who, who does Jesus say that he am? What does the Bible say about Jesus? What is the Christian faith? Basic doctrine. I mean, the foundational pillar of the whole Christian faith is who is Jesus? You, you know, Jen, I was going to hold this till the end, but I think it'd be more appropriate to open up with it, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's from C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. In his book, Mere Christianity, he writes the following, if I could read it. Uh, I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic, you've said that many times mm-hmm. to me, on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, <laughs> or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that option open to us. He did not intend to. So anyway, that was from yeah. uh, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis. That's the famous uh, yeah. passage <clears throat> you just read, David. It's called the trilemma, yeah. or the three choices, so to speak. What is called liar, mm-hmm. lunatic, or lord. Others have said, is he man, myth, or messiah? The idea being that uh, the claims of Jesus are unlike any other claims anybody ever made. A prophet, ah, right. a false prophet, a teacher, uh, a philosopher, a sage. That where Jesus, we're going to see in a moment, actually mm-hmm. claims uh, to be divine. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that that it doesn't leave us any option. Now, a person could say, like you just quoted, he could say, well, he was a lunatic. You know, mm-hmm. like somebody say, if somebody says, I'm Napoleon or I'm Julius Caesar. Well, you know, they're kind of uh, hallucinating. They're, 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 they're right. uh, insane <clears throat> to make those kind of claims. So when Jesus makes these claims, like in John chapter 10, where he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Uh, or again, in the Gospel of John, Jesus will say, before Abraham was, I am. 
And then they, they, they say you're blaspheming because you being a man make yourself to be God. So they knew exactly when in, we have to understand when we study the Bible context, where is Jesus saying that? Who is he saying that to? Right. And what is, you know, what is the response? <clears throat> because somebody will say, well, where does Jesus say he's God? You know, you, you know, they want that direct linkage. Yeah. But if they understand Israel, Judaism, uh, the scriptures, when he's making these these I am claims, mm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That I am comes from Exodus 3, yeah. where when Moses is before the burning bush <clears throat> and God is speaking to him to go confront Pharaoh and deliver his people from slavery, basically 400 yeah. years of slavery. He says, well, who who are you? What is your name? Uh, that I know, you know, and he says, I am that I am. He That I am word, title of God is the same one Jesus applies to himself. Right. What he says, uh, I am the good shepherd. Uh, right. I am the yeah. way, the truth, and the life. Seven times in the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. I think you have a point on that, David. Go well, on. yeah. Well, to, you started off with, uh, John has some good things. John 10.30, you said, I am the Father are one. But then if you look at John 8.58, is another example where Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I like this one. Before Abraham was born, I am. And so this is the reference back to Exodus 3.14 when God revealed himself as the I am. Mm -hmm. Jesus, John, he never really said, I am God, but he inferred it, right? And he never denied it. Like, you know, but he, the only time where he said yes was with Peter, right? When Peter said, you're, you're the son of God, you're the... That was like one of the only times that he acknowledged that. Well, in a sense, but again, you you got to look at context. You got to yeah. look. So, for example, when our Lord is on trial, mm -hmm. yeah, this is near what uh, what we call uh, Passion Week, or you know, okay. when he is uh, he is he is going to die. Basically, right. um, they're going to test him, mm -hmm. and they're going to ask him these different questions of uh, who are you and. Uh, you know, so he, if you go to Matthew chapter 26, they say to him, um, Matthew, this is one of his trials. He's before the religious authorities of, of right, Jerusalem at right. that time. Uh -huh. And in verse 63, this is Matthew 26. Mm -hmm. It says, um, 62 says, And the high priest rose up and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What does these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. Then the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under an oath. By the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. In other words, the, he, the high priest is putting him under oath. This is mm. like an authority. Like it's when you go and take an oath at a, at a uh, trial, mm -hmm. which you had. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth. So he's at, now Jesus will respond. He's he's honoring the authority of the priest. He says, but look what he says. Jesus said to them, verse sixty-four: It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you. Hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting on yes. the right hands of the power and right. coming on the clouds of heaven. Mm. Then the high priest tore his clothes, mm -hmm. saying, "What is he? He spoken blasphemy. Yeah. What, what is blasphemy? Is claiming to be God and you're right. not God? Mm -hmm. What further need do we have of witness? Look, you have heard it. He has spoken blasphemy. Yes, because when he, I'll show you how this works. If you look at Daniel chapter seven, he." he Jesus is ascribing deity, proclaiming it at his trial, knowing it's going to lead to the death sentence. But these religious authorities know there's only two choices. It's binary, David. It's A or yeah. B. Either he is not God mm -hmm. and he's making this claim and he should be stoned. Mm -hmm. Or he is God and he should be worshipped. And so if you look at Daniel chapter 7. Yeah, I have it. Um, <clears throat> you could start reading verse 13. Okay. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. Okay, do you see where it says uh -huh. the Son of Man? Read that passage again. I saw the Son In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. There it is. 
That's what Jesus just that's referenced right. here. Yeah. And see what he's doing? He's coming to his heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And he's that's what we read in the book of Revelation, where he gets all the kingdoms in the kingdom. You see? So when when Jesus says this, if somebody's not familiar with the Bible and says, well, where does Jesus say he's God? This is more than mm -hmm. that. He's saying more than that here. He's saying clearly. Because what, what people don't understand is in ancient times in the Greco-Roman world, David, first, second century, mm -hmm. Sometimes the emperors would declare themselves to be the son of God, Caesar Augustus. Or you find coins, oh, yeah. and it will say, uh, like, uh, Nero Divina. It'll be son of God. They thought they were gods, okay, or son of gods. And so that wasn't an uncommon term. Right. But for Jesus to lock himself in here, quoting from what you just read in Daniel, mm. that's, that's beyond claiming that you're you're, oh, yeah. you're god you see yeah. that's why it's uber you know it's like mm -hmm. over the top and when you stay in matthew if you look at like let's say um matthew uh where he's he's telling the parables he's he's bringing in a whole when jesus says look moses said to you thus and thus but i say to you in other mm -hmm. words moses said thou shalt not kill or it is written thou shalt not kill but i say to you if you say in your heart Thou fool, mm -hmm. you know, you like committed a uh, murder. You've hurt this. If both the, it is written, thou shalt not commit adultery. Right. But I say to you, if a man looks upon a woman, he's elevating because they knew Moses got the law to take it from God. And now Jesus is saying he doesn't neglect or dismiss, he just heightens it. But he's got the authority <clears throat> to speak God, God like. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so. Uh, it is a very powerful thing what, what uh, Jesus is doing here. And again, when people study what, he, what he's actually saying, it's extremely powerful uh, because he is, he's basically saying, I have this authority to yeah. make this claim. Right. Now, again, if he's not God, then they should stone him. If you get a, you, you yeah. get the analogy, the connection. Yeah. But if he is God, and I think we can make a case for that. Uh, yeah, he's a lunatic then. Right? Uh, exactly right. Yeah, he, exactly right. So you're in Matthew what, John? What did you do? You want me to read something in Matthew? Well, this was just to show that oh, okay. uh, his his authority uh, that he had. That okay. He will even claim to be uh, Lord of the Sabbath. Um, uh -huh. You'll see that in Matthew chapter 12. Um, if you look at Matthew chapter 12, it's very interesting. And read verse eight. Matthew 12, verse okay. eight. Verse eight. Uh huh. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, who is who instituted the Sabbath? Yeah. God did. So you cannot come along and then say, uh, you know, I'm 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 <laughs> I'm a mere man, but I'm I'm calling myself Lord of the Sabbath when God right. instituted the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. You can't just come along and, and do that or say that. So again, it's like this. Uh, these these it's, it's like almost like our Lord keeps putting these cards on the table. If you, if you know what I mean. The Old Testament will say that God has control over the seas and the winds. Well, Jesus stills the seas. Remember when he's in the boat on the galley? Right. He, he calms the wind. Mm -hmm. So you can't not, not see yeah. what it is that Jesus is doing here. You know, it's very, very uh, powerful in, in the idea yeah. that uh, um, what, what our Lord well, is so doing. Well, so something interesting that I wrote down, you know, I was thinking about... Revelate to your point uh, mm -hmm. to Revelations nineteen ten. You remember when the angel instructed Apostle John to only worship God that he's not right, God. Right. And then you look several times in scriptures that Jesus receives worship. Ah. Matthew two eleven fourteen thirty three Matthew twenty eight nine Luke twenty four fifty two. But Jesus never rebukes people for worshiping him. So right. So if Jesus were not God, he would have told people, "Don't worship me." Just as the angel in Revelations, right? Exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right, so, David. Yeah, I mean, that's an all-powerful angel that John sees yeah. twice mm -hmm. in Revelation. And the angel says, don't do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a servant like unto God. Worship God alone. And see, of course, that's that's what Satan wanted in the wilderness temptation of Jesus. Right. Says, Bow down and worship me and all these kings I'll give you. Right. So the idea being, again, that Jesus is God and he's going to get all the nations to worship mm -hmm. him. And you can see this. If you look at Psalm 2, Psalm 2. Uh -huh. If you look at Psalm 2, it kind of elaborates on this um, <clears throat> this, okay. this kind of an issue going on. What verse? But you can just read the, the first uh, 
one and two. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their change, chains and throw off their shackles. See now what it says there? Yeah. Why do the nations rage, the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves against who? Against the Lord and against who? His anointed. Yes. Who's the anointed one? That's the Messiah. Right. So that's what we're seeing today. Nations don't want God in their lives. They yeah. don't want him in their laws. Yeah. But this comes way back. But, but you know, let us break their bonds. We don't want any control that God has over us. But look, at here's God in the heaven. Look what he says through verse 4 through 6. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Notice that? Who's my son? My, you yeah. see saying? He said, um, he, he, he's going to speak to us in his wrath. He's installed as Jesus is the king of kings, lord of lords. And then he says in verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Right. See, this, this is a very important thing. This is God's son. He's coming. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. The very thing you read in Daniel. Yeah. Where he comes to God and he gets all these possessions, you know, all the kingdoms. It's in his coming. He will be exalted as king of kings and lord of lords. But then mm -hmm. it says... I shall break them with a rod of iron, shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's We read that in the book of Revelation. When he comes, he will judge the nations, right? Yes. But he, here's, here's the thing. Here's his grace and the mercy. Look at verse 10 and 11. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. See, it's like saying, okay, there's a coming wrath if you don't repent, but yeah. this is mercy. It's saying, be wise, O you kings, be instructed, judges of the earth. In other words, don't work against God and against his Christ. Serve the Lord with fear and wonder and awesomeness. And then it finally says what? Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. In other words, have a relationship with the son, because why? You, do, you don't want to perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. So, so John, looking at that verse 12, I'm surprised that the leadership back then, when Jesus said this stuff, that they didn't think about this, his wrath, you know, for not embracing the Son. Sure. Yeah, you're right, David. I mean, they, they discounted it because they didn't recognize who he was. And so Jesus says, Remember, he, he's, he's going to get ready to die. He's outside of Jerusalem. He looks at Jerusalem. Remember, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have gathered you together as a mother hen gathers her chicks. But you would not. Therefore, your house is left to you desolate. Which means in 40 years, after he ascends to heaven, mm -hmm. the Romans are going to scorch earth that place. Yeah. You know, they destroy the temple. They take slaves. It's just unbelievable. Not, they won't be in the homeland again. Yeah. I have this is this is a, a an odd question for our show today, but it's it's really been on my mind a long time. Um, so you know you have the Pharisees. So when Jesus was learning the Bible, mm -hmm. did he have a teacher, or did he just know it? Did God give him all the wisdom? Did he ever have a rabbi that he was under when he was younger? It's a good question. It does it doesn't tell us a lot about his childhood, okay. other than in Luke it says this. Okay. It's a good question because yeah. it it's always up. been on my mind. I never asked you it that. It says this, and this is all we really get. It says, uh, oh, let me see here. It's I think it's in Luke. Well, yeah, it's in Luke chapter two, and verse fifty one and fifty two. Luke Luke chapter. Two, verse okay. 51 and 52. 51 and 52? Uh-huh. Okay, give me a second, please, John. Uh, and then we went down to Nazareth and with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things to her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he, so he has a growth process. But yeah. by the time he's 12 and he's in that temple, 
they're amazed. What yeah, he's, what is it? They're not teaching him. Yeah. He's teaching them. So the father's communicating to him how to interpret yeah, he's the word. Grown, and, yeah, so he... But, we, but it doesn't mention any rabbi that taught him early on. Say, okay. Yeah. So when he became a rabbi at age 33... 30, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry, yeah. 30, but then he went into his ministry starting at 33, right? He dies probably at 33. Okay, so he did it for three years. I'm sorry. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. So... Did they just, how did they say, you know, you're now a rabbi because he passed, did he have to pass tests like everybody else to no, get that title? No, if you're a priest, yeah. like John the Baptist was a priest right. because his dad was yeah. a priest. Uh, yeah. Rabbis were teachers. Mm -hmm. So if you were a teacher, you were recognized to be a teacher. Now, some of them did go to school like Paul. Remember he said, I, I was yeah. taught, I was right. I taught by Gamaliel, this really famous teacher. But Jesus had his own, he was his own credentials. Yeah, he, that, you know, he, exactly. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure, that's what I assumed. But I never asked you that, and I never found anything in Scripture to tell me otherwise. Like, for example, that's a good question. You take Peter and John. They're just okay. backcountry fishermen. They have a yeah. small business up in the Galilee. But when they got the Holy Spirit, and they've been with Jesus three years, even in Jerusalem, the religious authorities, they're saying, where do these men get this insight? Where do they get this? They're from <clears> Galilee. <throat> yeah. And then it says they took note they had been with Jesus. See, in other words, they they weren't scholars. They weren't religious scholars. But they ended up yeah. being apostles slash teachers slash right. preachers because of, um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what God is endowed with him. Right. So um, okay. that's what it is. And then it says, kiss the son. When you when his wrath is kindled but a little, now see you don't want to be on that wrath side, and that's why when you read Be Revelation, when we yeah. went through that, remember that phrase, the wrath of the lamb. Yes. I mean, who ever heard of a lamb having wrath? You can think of a lion, right? Or a tiger, you know, but a, you don't want the wrath of the lamb. <laughs> that's that's why the Bible says, "Repent and flee the <clears> wrath <throat> to come." Every day, man has the ability to turn from his old ways, repent. And receive Jesus Christ. And today, there's probably people listening to this show right now. They're, they, you know, maybe they're questioning their salvation, yeah. or they've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, or they never even thought about it. But today is the day of salvation, is what the Bible says. If you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. And it says here, he's, there is a wrath, but the last verse says, "Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him." You can have a blessed life. That doesn't mean everything's going to work out and all this stuff, but you can have a blessed life and an eternity if you put your trust in him right now. I tell you, that last verse in Luke 2, it is so important that you are familiar with what's in the Word. Mm. You can't just assume. I, I know a lot of people that just say, God has such a good heart, everybody's going to heaven. Right. It's not true. No. It just isn't true. And, you know, but... I wasn't clear on that either. I actually thought the same thing as a server boy. If somebody knocks at heaven's gates, you know, I'm thinking we're all in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not the case. Because we do, it's just like going to a doctor and and you know, he if he if he does x-rays, blood tests, everything and then he says, "Here's the problem. It's really serious, but I can I can remedy through surgery." And you go, "I'm going to go see another doctor. I don't <clears> like that <throat> diagnostic." You see, but if, if what the Bible gives us, David, is a diagnostic. It gives us a spiritual x-ray and says, all have sinned and come mm -hmm. sure of the glory of God. There's no run righteous, no, not one. And that separates Christianity from all other religions because all other religions have like a moral code, Muhammad or right. Buddha, right. you know, don't do this and don't get drunk and steal. And mm -hmm. Well, yeah, those are good not, good not to do. But the thing about Christianity is the cross. Yeah. Why the cross? You know, some people have said to me, well, why didn't Jesus just come and give us the parables and love your neighbor as yourself and, you know, all of this kind of stuff? Why did he have to go and die on the cross and rise from the dead? Because yeah. what he did through the shedding of blood, that's the, the the payment is paid. God is just. And there's there's wages. There, In other words, a rap sheet against each one of us. But Jesus stood, stood up and took it. It's like if you go to court, if I go to court and I owe, <clears throat> I owe, I owe, um, a million dollars, okay, on some whatever tax fraud or theft or something, and I can't pay it. And then somebody comes forward and says, "Here, I'm writing it." Right. The judge will go, "Okay, go for free. You're you're you've been exonerated. You've been justified." That's what Jesus has done for us. But you gotta. And and, you know. and so 
you just answered the main question is Jesus. Well, the main question was, who do you say that I am? Yeah. But then the reason Jesus must be God, that's in 1 John 2, 2, where it says the most important reason that Jesus must be God is that if he is not God, his death would not have been sufficient to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So, you, you know... Uh, they were they were always sacrificing lambs and remember you had to go in and you had to purify yourself before only certain people could get into the main tabernacle room. That's all that's all away. It's all gone. So so the curtain ripped in half when he died. And you know, and that's another incredible visual. They say I just remember in the Bible that they said it was inches thick yeah. that curtain. Mm-hmm. And for it to get ripped in the center, it would have taken two strong horses on each side of the curtain and they probably couldn't have ripped it in half the way it was ripped so yeah that curtain you're referencing yeah. is the curtain between what was called the holy place yes. and the holy of holies it and was the holy huge. of holies yeah was where god's presence dwelt mm-hmm. with the ark yes um, thank you and so only a one high priest could go in there once a year yeah. on yom kippur mm-hmm. day of atonement but they had to do that every year yeah. every year every year and so jesus brings the perfect sacrifice and that's why when he's dying on the cross, that's when it's ripped. And it, in the book of Hebrews, it establishes the fact that now we have, who are we? We have entrance into the very presence of God. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that's only funny. God could pay such an infinite penalty. Only God could take the sins of the world, die, be, resurrect, be resurrected, proving his victory over sin and death. And and that's the, that's the bottom line. End of story. Yeah. You know, so we I, go from skeletons to have an eternal life when we rise up, just like being baptized, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and you'll see that in 1 yeah. Corinthians 15, where it says, that, that's the beauty of course, Christianity. Well, the, the longer you're a Christian, the more you can appreciate the full package yeah. or benefits. For, yeah. for example, when the prodigal son comes to his senses and he goes back to his father, perfect picture of a sinner going back to his heavenly father. He's repentant, he's sorry how he lived, but God, the father welcomes him back. He doesn't give him a lecture. Mm. He doesn't say, you're going to have to pay for all the money you spent. You're going to have to restore the good family name. He gives him a robe. He gives him a ring. He gives him a feast. My point being that when we come back to Christ in repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, he opens the door for us. We have peace, joy. We understand the scriptures. We understand how to pray. We see answers to prayer. We, we, we get Meaning the, of life. Meaning of life. Music. Uh, you belong to community in a church or a fellowship. Um, you, you, this is only a temporary place for us. It's not our home. It's a vapor. Th- those are the two big things that get people off track, is they think this is heaven on earth. They and don't. so they're going to live to the fullest, you know, just yeah. like uh, one of the shows that you did and um, one of your teachings about, you know, you know, live for the moment. And... Um, when you're in Christ, you're living for the moment, but in the right way exactly. to create other disciples. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's just, there's, you know, if somebody's listening to this show right now and they're going back and forth and maybe never made a commitment to Jesus Christ and never had what the Bible calls it to be born again, all you can tell them is the benefits are so powerful um, because mm-hmm. we're all going to have to die. You know, I mean, that's the big question. You know, we're going to die. You, you know, every <clears> one <throat> of us has been to a funeral this past year. No oh, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well, it's just the fact of life is death. But gee, the, oh, <laughs> the beauty, again, of Christianity, we're the only one who's serving a risen Savior. The tomb is empty. I've been there to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And, you know, you can go to the grave of Muhammad or the Buddha or... or um, uh, Brigham Young or Joseph yes. Smith and all these guys are Confucius. The grave of Jesus Christ is empty. We serve a risen Savior. And because he lives, we live. And that's the beauty of it, David. I mean, you know, that is the incredible beauty. Yeah. The, the, this is one of my favorite uh, scriptures, John sixteen thirty three. This is Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. There you go. That's our leader. And, and That's who we're following. And it's proven out. Yeah. It's proven out mm-hmm. in the lives of people that are, are transformed and changed. You know, it, it, again, 
There's many angles. Look at me. Look at all of us. <laughs> well, I mean, look at you. I remember where you were before, what, the age of 26. <laughs> we were. And what know, you were. Um, I mean, look at me. I mean, for me to be here doing this show with you is my manner from where I was. Are you kidding? I it's mean, everybody. It's, it is complete transformational. Yeah. yeah. Total. Once I was blind and now I see. Matter of fact, the man that wrote Amazing Grace, mm -hmm. John Newton, he was a bad guy. He was a sinner. Uh, immoral, uh, ran slave ships, yeah. and then he had an encounter at sea. He almost sunk. The boat was in a storm, and he cried out to God to forgive him. Right, forgive him, forgive him. And he he experienced amazing grace. Mm -hmm. And later he would write that song, which even to this day is amazing considered grace. the greatest hymn ever written. That even unbelievers like that hymn. Believe it or not, they like that hymn. Um, but there was a guy that was just as low as you could get in terms of morality and sin and raised up and given a new life in Christ. There's not a sin that can't be forgiven. No. You know, and that's the beauty of it. Two things that hit me when I came to Christ in 1975. Number one, forgiveness. My sins were forgiven. And number two, empowerment. I, not have, I now have the power of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures to lead a different life. That was crucial. And then you surround yourself with other people in fellowship, mm -hmm. Christian church, mm -hmm. etc. It just keeps growing your faith. Yeah. Because you're just growing until that final day when you just exit this 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 planet. You know, um I was thinking about the movie Ben Hur and mm -hmm. Ron and I were watching it again. That's really a good it's movie. Powerful. And I just remember what he said. He was watching Jesus, the main character, die on the cross. And when he came back to his hometown, he said, um Jesus removed the sword from my hand. Mm. So then he was more gentler. He he because he was a great uh, military guy, Roman, uh, uh, you know, a, a great um, fighter. And what you realize is you don't need the sword, the physical sword. You have the word, yeah. which is more powerful than anything. Oh yeah, it's a supernatural sword. No, it really and is. It, you know, it's almost like having. A military encampment in your closet when you need it on your side. I mean, there's no other way I can visualize it other than when you're praying with other believers and you see these things happen, it's transformational. John, I mean, look at all the stuff we've prayed for that has oh, happened, yeah. Oh, yeah. but we haven't left our chairs. Right. Right. Now there's, that's the difference. Again, that's part of How our, does all that stuff happen if there's no God? That's part of the inheritance package. Right. And again, we never understood this stuff. And that's why I love this station, because we can put the word out there and bring in guests, right. like we hope to in the near future. What guests we've had across the globe, these this missionaries, unbelievable. And, and yeah. I mean, you heard them. Mm -hmm. they're, they're encountering mm -hmm. drug addicts that are yeah. they're made sober, uh, demonic activity and the one we see in Brazil yes. and Africa and confronting powers of darkness with the with the word of God mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit and not fearing that stuff. Right. And it comes down to the blood of Christ. Yes. Even Loretta, your missionary friend in Africa, said that, you know, Jesus, you know, uh, we are not leaving. You yeah. know, that demon was asking her to leave and she kept saying the blood of Christ is covering right. this place. Yeah. You have Jesus, lost. Yeah. You need to leave. And she said that that demon figure kept getting smaller. You can't even. I mean, that's that's movie worthy. Yeah. And, and but that this kind of stuff goes on regularly when you're a believer. Oh yeah. The yeah, power you have you're with going the, in the right. Well, what's happening with some of these missionaries we interviewed? Yeah. They're going into the heart of darkness. Yeah. They're going into strongholds. Mm -hmm. Now, there's demonic activity in the states for sure. Oh, sure. But they're going into like really strongholds yes. where generations of demonic influence mm -hmm. and uh, shamans, witch doctors, mm -hmm. sorcerers are they dominate villages? The, the Western culture has, I think, like a tech dome oh. a cloud over us where it's not as visible as you've said and then you go over to the missionary world third world countries and they have these witch doctors and they're trying to bring it to their villages because they think it's powerful oh, yeah. to work with the dark demons yeah i mean and thailand yeah, I mean, they call they got an expression len gapi it means let's play with the spirits yeah so they have like uh, they have devices yeah like ouija boards and this and this and that mm. numbers and they, they, but it's coming in America in the movies, entertainers, yeah. yeah. and more and more. And that's why people are saying we're moving away from the light, the gospel light, into these regions of darkness. But yep. again, if somebody has been involved in that kind of stuff or troubled by that, uh, you know, occultic activity or whatever, 
they can be set free. And the Bible clearly says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You know, um, when we think about the darkness in the world today, the Middle East, uh, everything going on, John, you know, I, you know, even the mass shootings in Maine, I don't know, that was like mm. our 262nd mass shooting in the U.S. You know, you don't have to reach for the negative. Hebrew 1.3 expresses this clearly. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. He's full of light right. and hope and peace and mercy and grace, that's where you need to run yeah. for the light, right. not the darkness. Because that's just going to take you down the gully and you're dead. Yeah, I mean, it is over. You yeah. will continue. And the thing is, you know, we had some interviews with some of these missionaries that were converted. And um, they said that it got to the point where they couldn't do enough amphetamines or alcohol to feel better. Yeah. And then they knew they were locked in chains. They couldn't break free except for following Christ. That's it. And they Satan's, broke free. The devil's device is to get you in prison. Right. He makes it look good <clears throat> until he has you, right. whether it's a drug or alcohol, pornography, whatever it might be. And then he's got you in a chain, and you don't think you can get out. If uh, it, He wants to get you into that position that mm -hmm. you'll kill yourself or yes. destroy yourself or your marriage or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesus, he wants to lead you into the light. Yes. That you sense freedom and peace and joy and you can be Boy. a good husband or father or He friend. doesn't want you to experience that freedom and that joy. It's That's like, the bottom line. It's like the prodigal son. Said. Yeah. He's living in a pigsty. He comes back to his father's house in repentance. What does he get? A party, yep. a ring, a robe, shoes, music. <laughs> you know, but but John, you know, um, I know we always focus on it's called the prodigal son. Uh -huh. I've always kind of put a spin on it in my own mind, right or wrong, and I just look at his father as being like our father in heaven, mm -hmm. because to me, and that should be really the impetus for all the listeners, regardless of what you've done. That's a great verse, prodigal son. Yeah. He takes you back with open arms. Oh yeah, and he brings you into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, like I said, when the son came back in repentance, he didn't give him a lecture. He didn't he deserve didn't, it he either. Didn't, he didn't deserve it. He yeah. said, I want to be a servant. In other words, he wants to work his way back mm -hmm. in good favor with the father. But the father says, he just hugs him and says, come on, let's prepare a feast. Yeah. Let's let's clothe him. In other yeah. words, he's, he's given him. The, the son was gone so far into sin in that he, he had rags on. He was probably emaciated. He has no money. He has no friends. He has no nothing. Yeah. He has pigs for companions and eating corn <clears throat> Now he's got the fatted calf. He's got a fresh robe. He's got a ring, which indicates authority and power. He's got shoes. He's got other people that are dancing and singing. Makes you wonder why the kid left the house in the first place. I know. But, I mean, I know. <laughs> but my point being that there's so much more yeah. when you accept Christ than just salvation. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Mm. But in that same verse... Jesus says, but I came that you might have life, salvation, and life more <clears throat> abundantly. Abundantly. A flourishing life. Life more abundantly. Yeah. And you become a person of influence. You know, you can help other people. Th that's the thing to convey to non-believers. Yeah. What what you just said. I mean, it's paramount to, to our whole philosophy and why we follow Christ. Um, because we have that... You know, we have that veil of protection. It says in Isaiah 9, 6, which was written, what, about 700 B.C.? Yeah, right. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mighty he God. has full yeah. authority over heaven and earth. That's the Christmas story. Isn't that the leader you want to follow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, the thing, all everything that happens now is just a foretaste yeah. of what's coming in eternity for us. And mm -hmm. when you see it, David, like, you know, you see people come from all different angles. Over the years, I've seen Muslims and Buddhists and atheists and religious people, when they come to know Christ, it's like the lights go yeah. on. It, it, it's not judging anybody's other belief system. It's just like saying... This is like the real deal, folks. This is real. And uh, you got to examine it. And that's why I have this expression, unexamined unbelief. 
where a lot of people don't even consider the claims of Christ because they were raised in a religious home. Right. But they never really looked at what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. No. Where you don't go to church because you have to go to church. You go to church because you want to go to church. You don't study the Bible because they're making you study the Bible. You want to study. You see, you don't pray because, oh, we got to pray next Thursday at the prayer. No, you want to pray. See, and you, you, you're almost like you're obsessed with the person of Jesus yes. Christ. He fills your mind. And then life moves along mm -hmm. and... You know, each one of us can have an influence in the sphere that God gives yes. us. It has nothing to right. do with career or age or I'm in the clergy or he's this or that. It's, <clears throat> you know, my one of my all-time favorites was Tom Landry. This guy oh, was yeah. the head coach of the Super Bowl, uh, the Dallas game, and he was a godly man. And he, I mean, he spoke at the Billy Graham Crusades, but he, he was a winner in his profession. You know, that, that's right. the thing. We don't have to become... Now I got to become a pastor, or now I got to right. now I got to do this. Because, mm -hmm. No, you're a bricklayer, you're a teacher, you're an entrepreneur, you're a um, whatever, fill in the blank, custodian somewhere. You can do that to the glory of God. You can have C.S. Lewis considered the great one of the greatest apologists of the twenty. You just read about him. Atheist. He was yeah. an atheist, but when he come to Christ, he didn't then say, "Oh, I got to <clears> become <throat> a pastor. I got to become a missionary." He was into English literature at Oxford. That's a good example. You know, he yeah. stayed in his lane, yep. uh, and he glorified Christ. Th th that's an excellent example because even early on I said to you, I feel like I should be doing more. Mm. You know, Do I need to be a missionary? Do But that's not who I am. Yeah, right. He didn't design me that way. Exactly right. I, that's not in my MO. So once you, once you follow Christ, you can stay in your own lane, like you said, like C.S. Right. Lewis, and do incredible good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's regardless right. of what you're doing. Yeah, that's why it says grow where you're planted. In <clears> other <throat> words, whatever whatever you're doing, unless it's sin, then you got to well, get out of that. Yeah. You know? well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's like with Charlie Hebler, Mebler, uh, yeah. you know, you know, he Mil was Brad. a biker in that. Charlie Melbourne, yeah, yeah. But God used his yeah. strengths and everything, his entrepreneurship, to develop what he did. But he was he, a fugitive from the law. Yeah. He and just, so, and he told us his story. It's amazing. Unbelievable. Now he's built like over 200 churches. Yeah. yeah. So in Thailand. Point being that no yeah. matter what your uh, career, profession, retirement, right. uh, maybe you're a, a student in junior <clears> high school, <throat> you can still glorify God. And yes. that's why they said, bloom where you're planted. In other words, just, and we have an expression in missions that says, that light shines furthest that shines brightest at home. Mm. In other words, if you have your home in good order, Christ-centered, prayerful, seeking to glorify God, you don't know that could reach the other side of the globe. You know, in influence, you you know you you have money to support a church or you meet an exchange student, you become a friend right. with a guy that uh, has the Chinese laundry and you get talking to him, he comes to Christ. You don't know. It's just you living a life that's Christ-centered. Yes. That's the critical issue. Yes. So coming back there, we only have a couple minutes right. left. Yeah. Uh, the person of Jesus Christ, of course, it'll say in, in John chapter 1, uh, 1 and 2, you can read that um, uh, right out John of the John chapter 1? Uh-huh. You can just see, I mean, this just the first chapter of John yeah. can get you to salvation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There you go. There it is. He's got. It's clearly stated there. There's no ambiguity. There's no confusion. He's with God. There's relationship, but he is God. You get little indicators. He was of the with Trinity. God in the beginning. Yeah, before time. That's why Jesus says, "Before Abraham was, I am." He uses that word, "I am." I didn't know this initially, but through him, all things were made. Right. Jesus. Right. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So he created the universe. Everything. Exactly and right. I always thought it was his father. I never understood that initially. Oh yeah. But that that's very important. Oh, He's yeah. the creator of heaven and earth. He's the creator. So you don't think he has authority over earth? Yeah. That's, and that's over the... all the rulers and all this stuff going on today? Oh yeah. It, it's not he's true. He's in control. Yeah, he's in total control. And so in, in him was life. He's the giver yeah. of life. But notice it says here, look at verse uh, 9 and um, 9 and 10. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. Notice that he made the world, but the world the world is the world system. Mm -hmm. In other words, he came to his own, it says in verse 11, but his own did not. The, his own is the Jewish people at the time. They rejected him as a country, as a nation. But look at verse 12. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of there God. There you go. Wow. There, so yeah, somebody's right. listening. This is it. This is it. Who's it offered? But as many, whoever, there's plenty of room. What do you have to do to become a child of God? Believe in his name. What must I do to be saved? You're turned from sin, and by faith you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead for you. You see? Amen. That, yep. And then the Christmas story is in verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There it is. That's the that's the Christmas story in the Gospel of John right there. Wow. Luke and Matthew have chapters. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. There it is. And so that that's 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 the whole story right there. I mean, when you really come there down it to it. Yeah. And in Colossians 2.9, it says this about Jesus. It says, <clears throat> uh, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Notice that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. If you can understand it, it's God entering into the human condition. Yeah. And, and you can see it again if you look at Philippians. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up. But if you look at, at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it, it's rather clear. Um, uh, in your relationships with, not, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Did you see that, what it's saying there? Yeah. He's equal with God. He is God. You see, he's not taking anything. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be... He's yeah. not He's not saying something that doesn't belong to him. So when <clears throat> Jesus makes these claims of deity, he's not blaspheming or that. And then it just talks about how then he humbles himself. He comes down into human form. He becomes a servant. He serves. He's mm -hmm. willing to be mm -hmm. obedient to death. This downward trend from heaven down to come to our level and then to die on the cross for us. But then he gets raised up. He goes He goes as low as you can go as the grave, right? You're actually oh, in the yeah. earth. But then what happens? Resurrection, ascension, enthronement on, on the throne at the right hand of the Father. What happened to Jesus uh, in the three days that he was in, in the uh, in the tomb? Well, it's hard. I mean, we do know this. Do you remember what he told the thief? The one the thief said, "Lord, yeah. remember me when you right. come." To what this did day Jesus forward, say? You will be with me in paradise. Truly, truly, I say to you, this day forward, this day you will be with me in paradise. This day, this day, and then at the very end, Jesus says, "What, Father, into my hands your hands, I commend my spirit. I commend my spirit." So, um, some people try to interpret did he go down to the paradise section and release the you know the righteous that are in the you know uh, the abraham bosom huh and i've i've read different things on different but it's hard it's not to real say. clear is it's it because it doesn't but it seems to indicate he goes to the presence of the father okay because he's leading the repentant thief and he's committing he mm -hmm. says father into your hands i commend my spirit mm -hmm. same thing that stephen will say when he's died in acts chapter 7 he says don't lay this charge against them they were stoned to death into your hands I commit my spirit. Gotcha. It goes with Paul yeah. where he says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. Now, did Jesus go down and make declaration in the underworld? or in you know There was a righteous section where the righteous went to before the cross and resurrection. Did mm -hmm. he? I don't know. You know it, that's, that's discussed by good people on either side. Okay. I, I think the big thing for us is <clears throat> to be absent from the world is to be present with the Lord. That's why Paul says, I am in a fix to stay here or go be with the Lord. It's much better for me to go with to be with the Lord, but I'll stay here so I can keep teaching and preaching. You know, even that statement just shows you this, the incredible faith of followers mm. and the fact that they recognize that. Then what's going to harm you? Yeah, right. In this world, if you have that mentality with right. Christ. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, David. And that's what it says in Romans chapter 8, where it says uh, very clearly... Um, uh, you can you can read it if you want in verse thirty one. We'll start wrapping it up on this. But if you look at chapter thirty one through thirty five, or uh, Romans, verse 30, 8. Romans eight thirty one through thirty five. Sure, thirty one through thirty five. Uh -huh. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There you go. Keep going. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. <laughs> we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No one in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Notice that. How yeah. stuck on, you know. We're, Wars, it, everything going on yeah. now, it all blends right into that. It, it's just, we're, we're one with Christ. Yeah. That, that, it's amazing, you know. It, um, yeah. He's even saying demons, angels can't yeah. separate us from the love of God. Right. And that's why the more you read the Word of God, the more security you have in, the, in your relationship no with God. No kidding. Whereas yeah, people, that's... if they don't read the Word, they can still be a Christian, certainly, because to be a Christian means that you turn from your old ways of sin and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead for you. But the more you read the scripture, the more assurance you have. And there's many people today, David, they don't have the assurance. They, they, they they're not sure. They go in and out. I, I'm gonna... they're, they're, they're not comfortable in no. life and, or in themselves. Let me, but that's let me... the way it's supposed to be. When we have separation from Christ, we're a mess. But that's why I'm saying believers... Yeah. Right. Should read the. In other words, you yeah. should read. If you're given a last will and yeah. testament, a rich uncle dies. <laughs> you got to read right. everything so you can appropriate. Otherwise, that money can just sit in the bank. Mm -hmm. You still have the mm -hmm. will, but you never read it. Now, if you look at this, it's very clear. If you look at First John, the first letter of John, and and chapter five, which is, and we'll just really start wrapping it up with this because our our time is coming to a close. If you okay. look at first, first John chapter five. Notice what he says here, verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now look at verse 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. All one syllable. That's your basic foundation definition of a Christian. Do you have the Son, or do you not have the Son? doesn't matter what denomination, what church... Do you have the Son of God in your heart? Are you born again? Now, he says, the very important, verse 13, These things I have written to you who do believe in the name of the Son of God. In other words, you are a mm -hmm. Christian. That you might know you have eternal life. See, uh, and that you may continue to believe in the name. So he's saying, I'm writing these things so you might have the full assurance. Right. If you don't read the things that are written, you might still be a Christian, mm -hmm. but you lack that full assurance. Right. You're in, you're like this, you vacillate. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people like that. Doesn't mean they're not Christian, but it just means they don't have that confidence. And once you have that confidence, look what he says in verse uh, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything... According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. See, the powerful prayer life. Yeah. Powerful prayer life. To we read were just with. talking about that. So we'll close it off for here, David. Amen. God bless <clears throat> everyone that's listening today. Please, please, please look at some of the scriptures we talked about today. And knowing that Jesus is alive and that today can be your day of salvation. If Amen. you just come to him in simple faith, believing and receiving everything Jesus. If you're in doubt, read the Gospel of John, starting with chapter 1. God bless you all. God bless. Have a great week.